This week I was with Joy and Marie, and we went to a conference for the IF gathering um, in Dallas, Texas. Um, And it was a time where um, IF gathering is a women's kind of thing, and the whole idea is what if? What if we actually believed what the Bible said? What if we actually got mobilized to do what God has called us to do? What if we actually discipled people who discipled people who discipled people? What if you get the idea, right? So it was this conference, and it was pouring into the leaders and people just like me who are in their local communities doing that. What if? Um, And it was just a time of training and teaching and pouring into, and it was an awesome time. Um, We came across this video, um, and I felt like I wanted to share it with you guys this morning. So we're going to watch the video. Your paintings. Moments of time and segments of the universe captured on different shapes and sizes of canvas, I've become mesmerized by the subtle stroke of the brush, the way the artist so delicately depicts areas and aspects to scale to the point that my heart feels a sudden rush as if I could reach my hand out and touch every last detail as if this was a dream. Caught up in the scene, I find my heart slipping further and further into love. This is the story of my bent. I prefer shadows. This is not a conscious decision that I resolve to make. To be honest, images are just easier for me to take, easily digested. I could chew all day and eventually be able to wrap my mind around what the picture is trying to say, and so I stare. And I stare deeply into the deepest point of the portrait, thinking that the pain of this world around me will somehow let go, hoping that somehow this paradigm will satisfy my soul. But I end up empty. I end up thirsty, longing for a drink. And once again, I return, crawling to your feet, broken, ashamed, desperate for relief. I've chased creation to its end and I've wound up on my knees begging for forgiveness while hoping you can't see me because I know the truth about me. I know that you have delivered for my every need, but I also know that as soon as you give me manna, I start demanding meat. And I know that you have been my protector through pain and suffering, but I also know how quickly my heart asks where you are as soon as I can't see the path beneath my feet. So don't look at me. I can't stand the sight of me. So how can you, in your infinite glory, allow me to be in your presence? And yet you, with a voice that calms the sea of anxiety in my soul, tell me to look up. And your eyes that see right through me Tell me that you knew me and I behold you in all your beauty and I'm satisfied. A heart that has constantly tried to find its purpose and everything else in life finally resides at rest because your beauty is much more than infatuation. Your beauty provides my soul with satiation. Beauty that transcends to give your children definition. For in your presence, I can clearly see that I am not defined by my sins. My life is not marked by my bents. Because when I look into your face, 
the things of the world grow strangely dim and I'm all in and you're all that I see all that I know a son returning to his father and a father welcoming him on the road welcoming me home before I can even utter the words I'm sorry you tell me that you already know you know me the real me the me that I've been both chasing and running away from my entire life so scared that if you were to cut me open with a knife that disgust and darkness would be the color I would bleed and that you would be embarrassed that you chose to ransom me yet that's the me you know that's the me you love so I give up I give in and I extend my broken desperate callous skin to touch the edge of your robe and even just the fringes brings healing to my soul and for what seems like the first time in my life I see you as beautiful holy completely enough and no longer am I staring at empty promises painted on pointless portraits but instead I'm peering into pure love you are better than the things that I've been chasing you are beautiful and you are my joy in the trials that I'm facing you are beautiful peace to my storm stronger than my addiction help in my time of need comfort in my affliction you are beautiful and you will forever be so fix my eyes to consistently see and call my mind to constantly think and give my heart a new song to sing and fill my lungs so they always breathe you for you are beautiful Phew. why does that tug on our heartstrings why does that speak life Because it's about him. I think as Americans, we are super guilty of being complacent, of being comfortable. If you're in Malawi, we're going to hear about it next week. They have to have Jesus. They don't have the luxuries. They don't have the things. They don't have the comforts that we have and we have to be extra careful that we don't get comfortable in our sin comfortable in our lifestyles comfortable in our routines and our things and our luxuries because at the end of the day we have nothing but Jesus and honestly, church, I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of the church playing church and coming and doing our things and checking our boxes and having the fun lights and the those things are good. But it's about Jesus and it's about reaching people for Jesus. He brings healing to our souls. He is the one who created the galaxies. He is the one who spoke. He spoke and the earth came to be. 
Can you wrap your mind around that for one second? He spoke into something that was not there. And galaxies and planets and stars were formed. And then He created you and He created me. I'm passionate this morning because He is real. He is alive and He wants to heal. And yet day to day to day we are complacent and we are lazy and we are broken. And we run to this and we run to that and we ask for help and we watch another podcast and we read another book and we ask another friend and we go to bed tired and weary and alone. The enemy is on the prowl. He attacks me daily. Daily. Because he knows that I have a light of Jesus within me. And sometimes I grow weary and sometimes I want to quit and sometimes it's really, really hard. But then I remember my Savior. I remember who He is. And I remember what He's done. And I remember that day after day, second after second, He is pursuing me. He is relentless. And it doesn't matter if I'm having my best day. And it doesn't matter if I'm having my worst day. And it doesn't matter if I'm having the day that's between all of those days that are pretty mundane and boring. He's pursuing me. And He's caring for me. He is tenderly and gently putting things into place. And at the same time, He is mightily moving mountains on my behalf. Things that I don't even see that are coming up the road that would distract me or hurt me or harm me. He is moving them out of the way. And yet, we don't choose Him. And yet... We wonder where he is. And yet, we see neighbors and friends and coworkers hurting and we do nothing. We might pat them and say, I'll pray for you. We might slip a card at their desk. We might say a simple prayer as we're busy. We're all guilty, but I am passionate this morning because he is alive and he is real and he is moving and he is loving and healing. And church, we need to wake up and live as he's called us to live. What if, what if you told your coworker about Jesus? What if they believed? What if they came to know his saving grace and for generations after that family believed in Jesus because you stepped out of your comfort zone and shared the love of Jesus? What if these pre-teenagers on the front row told their friends in art class that they knew a God who could help them? What if at soccer practice or at your horse class or at your new school, and you probably are already doing this because you're awesome, telling other people, I have hurt too. I know Tana's believing for healing in her hip. And she knows the healer. And she hasn't seen the breakthrough yet, but she's pressing in and she's going to continue to pray. And I know, Tana, however God chooses to do that, he's going to touch you and he's going to use it because you can relate to people. 
And you know the source of your healing, right? I hope you hear my heart. I hope you hear that he is worthy. I think of in that poem he recited, he talked about the woman who pressed through and touched the hem of the garment. If you don't know it, it's in Luke 8. This is the Gospels where Jesus is walking around and he's preaching, he's teaching, he's loving, he's healing. He's declaring the kingdom of God on earth. And people didn't like it. People thought he was weird. People thought he was radical. People wondered if he would just shut up because he was shaking it up. But lives were being changed. And he was out and about and it says, So it was... This is in verse 40, Luke 8. When Jesus returned, that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Even right there, they welcomed him, and they were waiting for him. Do you see those actions words? Are we welcoming him and waiting for him? And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately the flow of blood stopped and Jesus said who touched me when all denied it Peter and those with him said master the multitudes are all around and you say who touched me but Jesus knew it and he said somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her daughter, Be of good cheer, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I think most of us have heard this story and we probably love this story. She was desperate. And it said in that that she had gone to all the physicians. She had went to all the places that you do to get help. And nothing helped. And there were multitudes around Jesus. And she pressed through the crowd. You know the story. And she reached out and touched just the hem of his garment. And she was healed. And there is power in Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. She touched his clothing, the hem of his garment. And she was healed. You could preach on this for years. You could come up with all sorts of fancy sermons. But honestly, guys, the determination and the desperate need of healing in her life 
She just thought if I could just get through and touch him, if I could just get close enough. It was about her heart. She wasn't like, well, this is my lot in life. I guess I'll just be sick. She did all the things she knew to do. She saw the physician. She did the things and nothing worked. She was desperate. Are we desperate enough to press through whatever season we are in, whatever things we are facing, whatever addictions that we have, whatever lies we've believed? What lies have you believed? I imagine that woman's lie was, you'll always be sick. He doesn't care about you. Everyone else is just fine and healthy and whole. You don't deserve it. Who are you? Look, Jesus doesn't even care. He's over there with all those other people. He doesn't even know you're sick, let alone care about you. How many lies could she have believed? So what are the lies that you are believing? You're unworthy. You're not good enough. Your sin is too dark. It's too much. It's too hard. It's too long gone. I'm not important enough. What are the lies? Think about it. What are the lies that you have believed? He tells, the enemy tells us lies every day. He is the father of lies. It's the only thing he can do is lie. There is no truth in him. And so in the middle of this day, when you're hearing the lies, you're not good enough. Who are you? He doesn't care about you. If he cared about you, Tana, he would have healed you a long time ago. If he would have cared about you, Robert, this would have happened. You're just this kid in Erie. Right? We all have lies. But can we be like that woman and press through our situation? The crowd to me represents obstacles. Obstacles, opposition, lies. And she pressed through all of that to get to one thing. Jesus. Can we press through the distraction? Can we press through the peer pressure? Can we press through the crummy situation that we're in? Can we press through the sin of our life? Can we press through all of the things to get to the one who can heal, deliver, change, and set us free? I love in the book of Isaiah. It's funny because lots of people had scriptures out of Isaiah today. In Isaiah 61, it talks about, let me just get it out. Hold on. Isaiah 61, this is in the Old Testament, and it's prophesying and speaking to when Jesus comes. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance on our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, 
that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. It goes on and on, and it's beautiful. You should read it. Isaiah 61. This is Jesus, the anointed one who came to break open prison doors. And church, this is not that friend who's a mess. This is not that family member who's a mess. This is not your neighbor who can't figure it out. This is not that person who sin is so dark that you're like, whoa, that's crazy. This is for you. He is for you. You are bound. There are areas that you need freedom. Why? Because you're a human. Why? Because we have sin. He wants to break open the prison doors in your life, in my life, so that we can walk in the fullness of who He is. And yet it gets better. It's not just for ourselves. You guys, our mission is outside these doors. In our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools, our playgrounds, our soccer fields, our art classes, our therapy groups, our AA meetings, wherever you go, whoever you are, who needs this Jesus? Everybody needs this Jesus. Church, we got to wake up. I'm guilty too. I get stuck in my stuff and it's hard and I don't want to do it because life can be hard. And it's easy to just be like, all right, me and Jesus, I got to get through this season or I got to get through this thing. Or when I, when I know more scriptures, when I'm more comfortable, or if they ask, I'll tell them about Jesus. Come on. Come on. Is he the king of your heart? Is he worthy of the praise? Do you believe what this says about him and what this says about you? Would you just stand with me this morning? I just want to pray over us. And I'm asking you, can we be that woman who presses through opposition, who presses through the crowd, who presses through everything to get to Jesus? I hope you hear my heart. He is here to heal. He is here to deliver. There are some of you in this room that are facing tremendous opposition in your health. And you've been to all the doctors. And you've been to the physicians. And report after report, you hear the negative report. And you need physical healing. There are those of you who have emotional hurts and wounds and you've been to therapists and counselors and that is wonderful. But there is still a wound that needs touched and needs healed. There are still hurts that have gaping holes that need the Lord's attention. And we can go on and on in every area. So would you just lift your hands if you feel comfortable, if you're able, Lord Jesus, we come as your people, called by your name, chosen and valued, treasured, anointed and gifted and called. And in the midst of that, Jesus, we are also broken and tired and weary and lonely. 
And Lord, we choose to press through the opposition. Press through the season. Press through the sin. God, would you forgive us of our sin and our choices? God, we choose this morning to lay down our addictions, our sin, our patterns, our rebellion against you, our complacency and our laziness. God, would you change our hearts? Would you draw us close? Would you forgive us? in areas where we have not chosen you, where we have not placed you first. God, you are are radical. Jesus, you are radical. Holy Spirit, you are radical. You are not mundane or boring or complacent or lazy. Your love is endless. Your pursuit of us is endless and relentless and beautiful. God, we are asking this morning that you would rescue us once again from ourselves, from our sin. Would you come? Come into the broken places. Would you come in? I want to give the Holy Spirit room. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving. Thank you for exposing areas that needs need your touch and need healing. If God is moving in your heart today, And you say, that's me. I need healing. Or I want to be on fire again. Or I want to run to Jesus. And maybe you don't even know how. Would you just slip up your hand? We have lots of people. And anyone can do this. You can go and you can pray. But you guys, we're not supposed to stay the same. We are supposed to be changed from glory to glory. We are supposed to be molded and shaped. And we are supposed to allow these things to cause us to run to the very feet of Jesus. So church, slip up your hand if you need prayer for anything. If any of this, you say, that's me, I want to run to Jesus. And someone's going to come pray for you. Church, be the church. You can go pray for someone or you can have someone pray for you. From the minute I woke up this morning, I heard the word surrender. There is power when we surrender to the King of Kings. We surrender to His way. We surrender to His goodness, to His love, to His heart. We love you, Jesus. We believe in your healing. If you are not praying for someone else or being prayed for, I would love for you to take this moment and just get alone with your Jesus. Ask him to heal those broken places. He is the God of the impossible. 
the God of the impossible. He can do anything. Jesus, we thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your kindness. God, I thank you for touching broken places. The places that need your touch. The places that need your grace. The places that need your love. Let's be the church. Can we do that? Can we do that more? Can we be Jesus? There's so many people that we know that don't know Him. They don't know His love, His grace. Can we not be caught in ourselves so much that we forget that we have this amazing God that we can share? What if Jesus kept Jesus to himself? And what if he was like, I'm too busy. I'm hungry. You guys' sin is a bit much. Gosh, this woman keeps following me and these disciples keep begging me to tell him stuff. He poured himself out as a drink offering. Can we pour ourselves out to those who need a Savior, for those who need a friend, for those who need a God who will rescue them? Jesus, you are beautiful. You are so very beautiful. And I don't know how you do it, but you're the God of all creation, and yet you know the very hairs on my head. You know my thoughts before I even think them. Who is this King of glory? You are faithful and true and kind and generous and faithful and thoughtful. And you pursue me and you hold me and you cradle me and you love me and you encourage me and you are good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you just tell him thank you? Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for calling me your daughter. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you. I love you guys.
I believe in you. I believe in this church. I believe in the mission. I believe in the call of God on each one of your lives. I believe that He can do anything with a surrendered heart. Kids, I believe that you can change your classrooms. I believe that you can change your schools when you begin to speak out about who He is. And it won't be popular. And maybe people won't like it. But you can change the atmosphere. And you can bring forgiveness and joy into your classrooms, into your camps, into your schools. Why? Because that's who He is. And that's what He does. All He needs is a surrendered heart. Amen? Amen.